Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back for another great episode. It is a Wednesday, hump day, and we are excited to talk some more football. And Seth, we're getting so close to the draft season. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm really getting really excited. Yep. Yeah, only a few weeks away, and we uh, we got a lot of our leagues staggered, so we have you know, um, probably a, a draft a week coming up is getting to be that time of year. So nothing's better than that. Yeah, and some big news, some big news for us. Uh, recently, we were just placed at the number one slot on iTunes under podcast for fantasy football. I mean, uh, how crazy is that, Seth? It's pretty crazy, and we're, we're just getting started. You know, it's... Uh, it seems like we, we, you know, we just started doing this, and uh, you know, like like when I started fantasy football back in 2006, um, it was a progression. It was a slow start, first couple of years, got better year after year. Now, you know, I, I consider myself, um, you know, one of the best in the business, as I know you do too. So um, we're we're just getting started. This beginning of um, you know a lot of good things to come. Really, really pumped about this year. We got a lot of good things going on. Um, you know, we already have the number one ranking, and it's the off season. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty pumped about um, these next few months coming up in the season in general. Yeah, big kudos to all the listeners been listening to us since last season. This is actually only our second season, and and really early into it. Um, so, uh, kudos to all the listeners who've been listening to us uh, right from the beginning on kind of helping us uh, launch into that awesome spot. We're bringing on new listeners literally every single day by the masses. So, Seth, maybe a quick uh, a quick highlight in terms of what some of the new listeners that are coming on board uh, could expect from the NFL Talking Heads as we get closer to the NFL season and then into the NFL season. Yeah, so we definitely got some good guests are going to be um, hopping on the show with us in the coming weeks, so we're pretty pumped about that. Um, some recognizable names that have big followings. Um, that are you know fantasy experts in their own right. So I think our listeners will definitely love that. Um, and then we're going to be talking more about our uh, money back guarantee, um, some of the draft related stuff that we're doing to get our uh, our listeners ready for the upcoming season. Um, and then we're going to be doing a ton of ton of rankings. I'm sure some more mock drafts. Um, and you know everything revolves around preparing our listeners for the upcoming season and putting them in a really good position where they can really knock their drafts out of the park and, um, you know, win, win championships in their respective leagues. Yeah. I think we'd like to really take a hands on approach as much as we can, um, as much as time will allow. So we're trying to really some creative ways to really put a hands on approach instead of just saying, Hey, here's our rankings, go and use them. Here's our tiers. Go ahead and use them. No, we want to actually get physically involved 
helping you guys on a weekend during your drafts. Some really cool stuff coming up. Um, I wanted to read off two uh, quick reviews that we got on iTunes. If anyone, and, and real quick, and real quick too, one thing I, I forgot to mention: the ADP videos that we're gonna that we're gonna be releasing. Um, which are um, you want to you want to talk briefly about that the sixty second snapshots that were given yeah on um, um, yeah let me read off these reviews real quick and then we'll talk about that this comes from Big Guy CR on iTunes he says NFL Talking Heads podcast is one of my first choice when wanting to get the current scoop on what's happening in the NFL both commentators really do their homework and give an unbiased review of relevant info good job guys looking forward to the next cast go Steeler Nation awesome review. Maybe besides the Steeler Nation part for some of us. Yep, um, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um, and the last one I want to read, too, is from Crazy Matting Lees. Not too sure how to pronounce that. Just found you guys, and I must say it's a breath of fresh air to hear a no-holds take, in parentheses, uh, on fantasy football, and I'm starting to really believe your strategy with the first three-round approach. Please give me more info, exclamation point. I mean, Awesome stuff, guys. Uh, keep it coming. Uh, leave us a review on there, and we'll try and read them on the air um, on one of our future podcasts. Uh, it's really great to see everyone kind of coming together, Seth. Yeah, even you know Steelers, Steelers fans. You know we're Pats fans, but we're we're all family here. Fantasy football brings people together, and um, yeah, glad glad to help out any way we can, and um, just gives us more. You know, just gets us more motivated. I don't know about you, but. Hearing stuff like that just gets just just gets me a lot more motivated to um you know just continue to put in the research, continue to to give our listeners all the information that they need to be successful. Um, so it's it's always good to hear hear stuff like that. Absolutely. And so let's get to the ADP video series. I think something super cool that me and Seth are both doing. We're getting out from behind the microphone a little bit and on our Instagram accounts. Uh, now you don't even need an Instagram account to go see these. I pretty sure you could just go on instagram.com search us and i think you could see our posts it's not private and we're creating a quick 60 second recap on everyone's adp or as many as we can get through um we've already done jordan reed eddie lacy doug baldwin lamar miller and the cool part is is right in our profile the the uh title uh thumbnail has the name and the ADP. So if you don't care about seeing Eddie Lacy's, just scroll over to Lamar Miller's. If you have, I was telling a buddy that we're doing this, and he thought it was super cool because he's thinking to himself, well, I might be really high on someone, and why am I higher than someone else, uh, than everyone else? Let me go see someone's ADP. And you're not just reading, um, you know, a 300 word article, which is so boring. This is us. Uh, in our homes, just giving you a quick 60-second recap of why we think their ADP is good, bad, great, poor, whatever the case might be. Yeah, and the important thing is, you know, context is really important when it comes to fantasy football when you look at different players leading up to the draft because value is is everything comes down to value, and that's why our ADP, like these videos we're putting out, are so helpful. And we're not just, you know – talking about Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. I mean, everybody knows those guys are studs. Everybody knows you're taking them most likely with your first round pick. What we're doing is we're going in, um, we're tackling these, these players that are kind of be the third, fourth, fifth round players um, that we have a strong opinion about one way or the other, whether they have, you know, good value or bad value. Um, you know, like the Doug Baldwin's, like the Jordan Reed's, those, those in between guys where you, you know, some people might be reaching for them. They might be falling. 
Um, so we're not just going for the low hanging fruit. You know, we're we're giving the information that you need to to win the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Um, and in a lot of fantasy leagues, those those are what separate the good fantasy players from the great fantasy players because anybody can take Antonio Brown in the first round. It doesn't require, you know, a whole lot of um, you know fantasy football acumen to to do that. Yeah, and I like to call this on-demand content. So you might hear us talk about one of these players, but maybe you forget. Maybe we haven't talked about him in a while. Maybe your draft's coming up and you need and you're trying to decide between two or three players. You can quickly go right to the Instagram account and quickly find all of the names and just click on the quick couple that you that you need to to maybe help decide between or get a couple quick stats. All the videos have some quick stats about the players and how we feel about them. Um, so it's on-demand content. You don't have to go back to a separate podcast and try and figure out, okay, in the 30th minute, I think they were talking about this player. It's nothing like that. So we're yeah. really excited uh, to be pushing those out. Yeah, and the good thing, too, is it's not, I don't have to, not to, to, um, to beat a dead horse with this, but um, the, the good thing about those, too, is they're, they're really quick. You can just watch the video in, in one minute. You don't have to read through a long article, like you know Matthew Berry's articles, are you know like it takes you like an hour to read the whole thing Um, and we love Matthew Berry but these are cool because you can spend 50 50 seconds to a minute watching these quick videos um, and we cram as much information into those into that one minute as possible we give you stats we back up why we either like their ADP or don't like their ADP um, and you can get a ton of those in so if there's a particular player that you're interested in and you you want to hear our take listen to the video um, I just think it's going to be really helpful for listeners as they start to prep for for these drafts coming up. I think it is too, and I'm going to be completely honest. Like, there's so much like information on each individual of these videos with some of the stats that I think I'm going to be going back and referencing them too. Uh, the funny part is though, Seth, where we're doing this, I, I was really thinking like Seth sent me his, and I had to kind of put together the intro and outro for our verdict. And Seth's just got you know, it's just it's us in our just our home so it's just funny because Seth yours reminded me of like some like mug shot or something like that I mean because it's just it's just you it's just funny it's hilarious so I don't know <laughs> yeah it's uh you know I I I think you know it might be better if they just listen to it and uh, you know the last one was a close-up of me I was like <laughs> two inches away so maybe if you just you know, they take this. They flip the phone over and just listen to it, and don't actually look at the video. Um, yeah, you might. They might not get as uh, distracted. So yeah, good. <laughs> that's a good idea. Okay, so let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show. We're going to be talking about offenses to target. Now we talk a lot about players and, and rounds and ADPs, but one of the things, and I, and I know it sounds so easy to say, but targeting the best offenses in the league will do you wonders but sometimes people don't realize that when they're trying to like decide between two people and they're looking at stats and so on and so forth and also trying to predict emerging offenses like we did last year Seth when we talked about the increase of passing attempts that Russell Wilson should get and that should increase their offense thus the players etc and you know I think we we uh you know I wouldn't say get lucky but it, it fell right in line of what we expected so We're going to talk about some offenses that are some very obvious and some of the things, and I have one that's a little bit under the radar possibly for some people. And let's kick us, uh, why don't you kick us off, Seth? All right, well, the first one, and again, both of mine that I want to talk about today are 
you know, they're not. It's their offenses that people know about. Their offenses that are known. They're 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 both. I would consider top five offenses in the NFL. But I think they're both underrated. If as crazy as that might sound, first one is Seattle, and and you and I have talked about this um, at nauseum um, on the on the podcast in the last year about how this offense is trending upwards, um, how they're becoming a more of a pass heavy offense, um, more explosive. Um, and it all starts with Russell Wilson. So, you know, I was looking at Russell Wilson's stats and the crazy thing that jumped out at me, one of the stats that I love with Russell Wilson is pass attempts. His pass attempts have increased every single year that he's been in the pros. His passing yards have gone up every single year he's been in the pros. Right. And so can, those, I, can I add something to that? Yeah. Just because it's right in line. I, um, you know, I was obviously looking at Seattle too. We're big, big uh, on Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson still, still has not passed for 500 pass attempts. 500. 16 other quarterbacks in the league have had 500 or more. Well, Cam Newton is at 495. So Cam Newton at 495 plus 15 other quarterbacks. Half the league has still had more pass attempts than Russell Wilson. Yeah, they're they're incred- just incredibly efficient. Um, it, it, it seems, and I always talk about the eyeball test. Um, you know, the stats definitely back up what we're talking about in terms of their offense trending upwards. But you give the eyeball test, they look like a different offense, especially from week eight on last year. You know, they found their go-to receiver in Doug Baldwin, who had 14 touchdowns last year. Um, I talked about him in one of our recent ADP videos and why I like him so much for going in the um, the middle rounds. Um, but Tyler Lockett, too, entering his second year, he's a big play guy, um, had a great rookie year. Um, Jimmy Graham's second year. I mean, they you can't get any they can't get any less production from Jimmy Graham. I actually think he's going to have a sneaky good year, and this is the first year in since Russell Wilson has been in the NFL without Marshawn Lynch as the lead running back. So I'm expecting it to be more of a running back by committee. Thomas Rawls, you would have to think, is going to enter the year as a starter, um, but they're not really married to one guy like they have been in the past with Marshawn Lynch. So I see it as, you know, and obviously their running backs, I think, are all more versatile. They can catch the ball. Um, I see this as, be, as continuing to, with that upper trend of being a more pass-heavy, explosive offense. Um, their offense has put up more points each of the last three years, um, put up more yards each of the last three years, more first downs each of the last three years. And it all starts with Russell Wilson. Um, so I really love Seattle's offense, and when we look at the players – the target, you know, obviously you start with Russell Wilson. Um, Doug Baldwin, who we've talked about, I think you can get great value getting him in the, the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. Um, Tyler Lockett is somebody that you're going to get after the 10th round, right? And he's somebody that's, you know, he showed a lot for us last year. Um, and then even like the like the more ancillary players, like Jermaine Curse, somebody that you can probably get off the waivers, you know, in free agents, um, something that's going to probably go undrafted in most leagues. Um, Thomas Rawls, you know, a running back that's going to go after the third, fourth round. Um, really like him. So just all these players and Jimmy Graham, you know, the tight ends that are going before Jimmy Graham, it just it's getting absurd. And this is something we talked about in our last podcast. You know, now we know there's a, a good amount of risk associated with Jimmy Graham, right? He doesn't come without his baggage, but he's somebody that has definitely a proven track record of getting touchdowns, of putting up big numbers in the NFL. And I, I would just have to think with Pete Carroll, with Russell Wilson, with the way this offense has been going, 
they have to find a way to get Jimmy Graham involved. Uh, and I just think the sky's the limit for this offense. Um, they're the fourth ranked offense in the NFL this last year. And say enough about them. I'm going to be targeting a lot of Seattle players in all my leagues. Yeah, I just want to correct you real quick, though. I mean, uh, Doug Baldwin's a fourth-round player, and Tyler Lockett's actually a seventh-round yeah. player, not a tenth. So, uh, well, fourth, fifth, or sixth for Doug Baldwin. I mean, he could he could be going as low as the sixth round. I'd say fourth is going to be the highest he's going to go. But he does have there is potential for him to drop to the sixth round. And Tyler Lockett higher than than the seventh round, but he could be dropping past the tenth round, depending on the league that you're in. Yeah, depending on what type of players you're playing. But hopefully you guys are playing in some, uh, obviously, aggressive, intelligent leagues. Um, and, and I think those ADPs, though, are reflective of the Seattle offense, though. Because we're expecting big things, and some of these other you know, people, experts, are expecting big things out of these individual players, too. So Tyler Lockett, who did pretty good, you know, he's still going in the seventh or later rounds, um, which is decent value but it's not like you know it's not like after 10th so and then a couple other stats too to add in there Seth um for the first time last year Seattle had under 50% in terms of running percentage so for the first time since Russell Wilson's been there they actually went past 50% passing and expect them to take another leap in that in, in that direction because of what Seth had mentioned in terms of the commitment to Marshawn Lynch after he had he after he went down when they were firing on all cylinders, they didn't have Jimmy Graham, and they end up losing Thomas Rawls um, in the second half of the year as well. So they get both of those backs back. They get C.J. Procise, who should be an upgrade over Fred Jackson. So everything does point to, again, another step forward for Seattle, who was only one out of eight teams to have over 25 points per game average last year. Yeah, and I'm expecting, I think you can even get some more I think the, the upside for Russell Wilson in terms of rushing the ball, he, he had a pretty he had a down year, you could say, rushing. Now he was is only, um, you know, 2014 was his biggest rushing year. He had 118 attempts, 800 plus yards. Last year was the second highest, but he only had one rushing touchdown last year. Six the year before, you know, I think Russell Wilson is going to be a lock for three to four to five touchdowns this year, um, and he's going to take on more of the workload in the rushing game as well. So love Russell Wilson. And one thing about the ADP is that you don't necessarily have to get a player um, that has better value than their ADP. You know, if Russell, like let's say like Russell Wilson's ADP, you know, let's say they have him going in the fourth round and you think he's a fourth round player. There's nothing wrong with taking a player that's where the ADP is spot on. As long as you're getting the right player, like you don't always have to be, you know, getting a, a steal, you know what I mean? Like, and for example, a Antonio Brown, first round player, you're happy with that. Sometimes these ADPs are spot on. In cases like Doug Baldwin, I, I think he's better than his ADP, and that's always bonus. But some of these players, the ADP is spot on, um, and it's just you know you're, you're not necessarily going to get Russell Wilson, um, you know, rounds ahead that you're expecting. But if you get Russell Wilson at the right spot where he's supposed to go, he's still a very safe bet. Yeah, some people uh, have peak values, I like to call it, in terms of the ADPs, and that was in one of our uh, video series. Um, but as long as you believe in the player and he can perform up to that expectation, like you said, there's no problem taking him. It's better than taking someone right next to him who's not going to live up um, to that draft position. Yeah, absolutely. 
So who, who is the so we, I mean Seattle? I mean we could talk about them all day. Love Seattle. Who is the who is the first offense that you that you had on your board here that you want to talk about? Okay, well, I had Seattle too, of course. But let's let's move to a little bit of an under the radar offense um, that I I really wanted to get some numbers to kind of help support my my thought here, and that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, how crazy does that sound? <laughs> Uh, it sounds really crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to hear what uh, what uh, stats you have to to back that up because you definitely need stats with um with a pick like that. Well, I- with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think I really only need one, and that is no Lovey Smith. I mean, for the love of Jesus, this guy is terrible for teams. Um, no Lovey Smith in Chicago. I got a stat on Lovey Smith here. When he was in Chicago in 2012, the Chicago Bears had the 28th ranked offense. When he left the following year, they went all the way up to the 8th ranked offense. Everyone remember when Mark Tressman came in and fixed the offense, quote unquote? It's Lovey Smith. That's what the Chicago Bears fix. It's Lovey Smith. So they bring in Dirk Cutter, who's got a history of uh, having a good offense. And Jameis Winston played pretty well last year. Had over 500 pass attempts, had over 4,000 passing yards, uh, 22-11 in terms of touchdown, uh, passing touchdowns and interceptions. And was number 12 in the league in terms of yards per pass attempt, which is pretty good. So... I think Winston takes a step up. They had Mike Evans in and out of the lineup a lot. And I think with Dirk Cutter, the offense takes the next level. Um, Atlanta's offense in 2014 before Dirk Cutter left was ranked 12th total in offense. And I think it's going to be one of those, the offense takes a step forward because of who's in charge. Can, can you, so I'm gonna, let's say I'm selling that to you, is What's your thoughts? Is that enough to make you buy into Tampa Bay? Just for the sheer fact that the new offensive head coach is coming in. No, it's de- it's definitely not because I, you know I don't. They have Mike Evans, great, but they don't have a tight end. Um, they don't have a second receiver that you really feel good about. They certainly don't have a number three receiver that you feel good about. Doug Martin had a solid year, but Doug Martin had a terrible year the year before. Um, and it's James Winston's second season. He looked pretty good, and I know we're both pretty high on him this year to an extent. But I, I just just the fact that they don't have Lovey Smith that's like the main point in your argument. To me, that's not enough to to really suggest that Tampa Bay is going to be one of these top offenses and we should target. I mean, what players on Tampa Bay would you? It all comes down to what players 
you know, as it relates to fantasy, what players are you going to want to target outside of Mike Evans and maybe Jameis Winston um, in like two quarterback leagues or really late in one quarterback leagues? Like, what other players on that roster do you feel good about taking? Well, I mean, those two are enough because it's not like they're going very high. Jameis Winston is an extremely late quarterback um, going at the back end of the draft, especially in one-quarterback leagues. And Mike Evan is going, uh, looks like, in the second round uh, towards, what, the end of the second round? So I I think – and here's another stat for you too. I I like the passing specifically with Tampa Bay because I, I did a little bit of research here. Now hear me out. I uh, did all of the teams that have an offensive head coach or a defensive coach last year, okay? There is 18 defensive head coaches, as in they were defensive coordinators or defensive background before they were a head coach, uh, before being a head coach. So there's defensive-oriented head coaches, 18 last year and 14 offensive. And out of the teams that ran more than 45% of the time, run percentage, okay? Um, there's only nine teams that did that, that ran over 45% of the time. And eight out of those nine were defensive head coaches. Okay. So this might be a stat to maybe be concerned about Doug Martin with. So what I see is a huge transition. You bring in an offensive guy as a head coach. They're going to swing in terms of from run percentage to to passing percentage, and I like the passing game there. I don't know who's going to emerge as a second wide receiver. I'm just saying I'm keeping an eye on it, and I'm also saying I really like Mike Evans, and I like Jameis Winston. Yeah, and you know, one stat that I really like with Jameis Winston, and I was actually really surprised by this, is how little he got sacked last year. He was 19th in the NFL in terms of most sacked quarterbacks, and some of the some of the quarterbacks below him that were sacked less didn't play the full year. So we're talking about, you know, Blaine Gabber, Brian Hoyer, Josh McCown, Brock Osweiler, Andy Dalton, who missed a few games, um, Johnny Manziel, Joe Flacco. Um, 19, nine, so he's 19th in the NFL in total sacks. Some really good quarterbacks ahead of him um, that were sacked a lot more. So... Just, I, I was expecting him to be in the definitely in the top ten. So I was definitely surprised at how few times he's been sacked. Yeah, I, again, it, this is not where you're investing a whole lot of resources. And I'm not saying Tampa Bay is going to be better than Green Bay or Seattle, but it's an offense that I think is going to make a big improvement where there's going to be value. Yeah, I, I just don't know if they have the personnel to really make that big of a leap. Um, I'm sure the, the new coach is going to help out with the play calling. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more aggressive, but I just don't think they have the firepower to really, to really give you that many fantasy relevant players. Now, Doug Martin, yes, Doug Martin's good, but you're going to have to pay a pretty penny to get Doug Martin. Um, and I'm just, I've never been a big Doug Martin fan, so I could be a little bit biased, but Mike Evans, he's somebody that you're taking in the third round or maybe towards the end of the second round, right? I mean, he's he's not somebody you're going to get at a discount. Um, and we both love Mike Evans, but outside of Mike Evans and Jameis Winston and maybe Doug Martin, there's no tight end there. There's no other receiver besides Mike Evans. So I just feel like they are, they, like like Dennis Green said, they are who we who we thought they were. Um, no, no more, no less. I'm expecting pretty similar to 
to what they gave us last year with Tampa Bay. I think it's gonna it's um, gonna stick to the status quo. Okay. Well, I think the team is not necessarily going to get a whole lot better because I don't know how good of a coach Dirk Cutter is. Um, again, I'm just talking fantasy and offense. But let's move to um, another offense that you want to talk about, Seth. Yeah, and this is – I think to a lot of people this will be an obvious one. But I, I do think because of how disastrous their season was last year, a lot of their players are going to slip just enough where you're going to start to get them at a really good value. I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers. Um and this is this is an offense where you don't really need a ton of stats to back this up because everybody knows the last season was a complete train wreck, starting with the Jordy Nelson injury at the beginning of the year, which hurt us in one of our leagues. I had him in another league, just just disastrous, and it had the, the, the trickle down effect it had on Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, and the entire offense. I mean, this offense just looked terrible towards the end of last year. I mean, they Devonte Adams gave them absolutely nothing. Um, there was a whole thing with Eddie Lacy coming in fat and his weight issues, and and Aaron Rodgers like none of the receivers could get open. Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. It was the first time that Aaron Rodgers passed below four thousand yards since two thousand ten. The only other year um, was two thousand thirteen, but that was the year he had the injury, so I don't count that year. Um, but every other year since he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's passed for over 4,000 yards besides 2010, and that was 3,900. So I'm just going to mark up last year as a complete aberration, and I'm expecting big things from this Green Bay offense. I think, you know, with the, with the how good Carolina's offense was last year, Seattle, which is more of an up-and-coming offense, New England, Arizona, these offenses are going to get more attention. The Pittsburghs of the world with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. But I think people are going to sleep on Green Bay. They're kind of yesterday's, yesterday's news. Right, um, so I think Aaron Rodgers, big time. Um, Randall Cobb, big time. I mean, you know, look at Randall Cobb, and you know, I was looking at Randall Cobb stats. It's crazy to think that his average yards per catch was the lowest last year than it was in his entire career, including his rookie year. Right, his yards per game lowest in his entire career. So. I'm expecting the the presence of Jory Nelson alone to elevate Randall Cobb to a top three round receiver that you can get later potentially. Aaron Rodgers, I'm expecting him to be a top three quarterback again, and Jory Nelson's going to be a stud with the injury. I think enough people are going to stay away from him in the first two rounds, where he's somebody you can get either towards the end of the second round or the third round. Um, Eddie Lacy, I know, is a player that you're big on. I think he's going to be good this year. Um, I just think there's a lot there with that Green Bay offense. And the one recommendation, though, the one thing I would say is stay away from whoever their third receiver is. Just stay away. Don't touch Devontae Adams with a 10-foot pole. But Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Jory Nelson, A. Lacey, these guys are going to have good years. They're just they're sure things, and I feel really good about taking them, and they're going to be on a lot of my teams this year. Yeah, I would agree with most of your points. I think the only player that um... – I think is right at the, the 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 max spot of where I want to select him is Jordy because he is he is going around twelfth twelfth or fourteenth overall. So with coming off of the ACL, um, that'd be the only person. But again, he's such a stud that you know, uh, depending on who's left on on the board, then. I think Randall Cobb has got probably the best value out of all of these people because he's going to be a reception person. They're going to be passing a lot. They're going to be in three wide receiver sets. And 
they're going to get back to at least in the top half of a scoring offense because they, they really dropped out last year um, in terms of scoring in terms of their offense. And I talked about that in actually one of our ADPs. And the Green Bay offense went from they were 17th in terms of red zone scoring touchdown percentage. Um, and then in terms of points per game, they were 15th last year as opposed to number two overall in 2014. So you could definitely expect a, a much more of a regression to the mean, back to their average, and that would lift everyone's numbers. In, in, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jory Nelson, I mean, let, let's even if you're getting him in the middle of the second round or in the early second round, the, the value is still there. We're talking about somebody who had – 277 reception or 277 targets rather 2014 and 2013 including 151 in 2014 right he's had over 1200 yards three out of the last four seasons that he's been healthy he's averaged 15 yards or more per catch each out of the last four years and touchdowns seven or more touchdowns each out of the last four years including 15 in 2011 13 in 2014 I mean, last year he was a first-round talent, right? He was someone that was going to go in the first round last year um, in a lot of leagues, uh, but the injury really derailed him. But with, with the rapport that he's built up with Aaron Rodgers, where he's a veteran, um, he's only 31, so he still has a couple really good years left in him. I, I don't see the injury really. I, I don't see the the effects of the in, in, the injury really slowing him down to the point where he has a bad year. I just think he, they're going to plug him in, and he's going to do Jordy Nelson type things. So I'm I'm pretty confident in Jordy Nelson. Like you said, Randall Cobb, the, the value is incredible with Randall Cobb, especially given the, the amount of touchdowns he's proven that he can get for you. I think Jordy Nelson is only going to help him. Um, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers. You know, we talked about Russell Wilson being, you know, it all, it all comes down to Russell Wilson. I think Green Bay's offense, it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers. And I think those other pieces are really going to elevate him. Aaron Rodgers, I'm predicting him to be a top three quarterback. Um, maybe that's an aggressive estimate, but I, I just love Green Bay's offense. And again, I, I think they're an offense where, you know, they, they're kind of yesterday's news. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on them just enough where we're going to see those players on the offense come at pretty good values in most drafts. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Cause this is again, an offense that was the number two scoring offense in 2014. And you're getting their star receiver outside the first round. You're getting their number two receiver who has proven he could be a wide receiver one outside or at the minimum or mid-third. Uh, you're getting their number one running back who I know has had problems. But, again, you're getting a starting running back on a high-powered offense in the early third round, late, late second, early third, depending on your draft. Um, so, I mean, these are some good values, and we're going to be completely all over Green Bay because we think they're going to bounce back. Aaron Rodgers has placed, I believe, there's a stat that's like he's placed in the top two quarterbacks every year except for last year. So, and these are relatively safe players, too, because they've proven it over multiple years. Um, you know, maybe Eddie Lacy hasn't proven it as many years, but still, um, for where you're getting these players, you're not picking them in the first round. So, And, and with regards to Eddie Lacy, as, as much controversy – or distractions that have surrounded him with his weight and how they haven't been happy with him in, in that respect, they haven't really given him any competition. Like there, there really isn't anybody that you look at that is really going to challenge him for carries or touchdowns. I mean, James Stark seems like he's been in Green Bay for like 30 years now, 
but he is what he is. He's not gonna he's not gonna be a legitimate challenger to Eddie Lacy unless Eddie Lacy gets hurt. So it's just funny that like in the NFL today, where where teams are you know shuffling three to four running backs, you know doing the running back by committee approach. You'd think somebody that has had weight issues, the team hasn't been happy with in recent years. You'd think that they would they would draft a running back that they would start to work into the offense to take away you know a little bit of his uh, his workload. But that just hasn't happened in Green Bay. So you'd have to look at Eddie Lacy going into this year and say he's going to be the bell cow again. Um, and if the offense has improved, then that's only going to help Eddie Lacy. Going to be more scoring opportunities for him. I think he's going to be a good bet for for maybe ten touchdowns this year. So. Yeah. I I mean, I, you already know we completely agree. We've talked about it a little bit, did an ADP video series on Eddie, but there's no one behind him. I think that's the best point uh, that, you know, that we can make is that sometimes we, we hear coach speak when they're talking to some of the beat reporters out in Wisconsin, and they're going to say this, they're going to say that, they're going to talk about weight. But let's look at what Green Bay actually did, and that was not sign anyone this entire offseason. They have James Starks, who's a very comparable backup, change of pace person. He clearly cannot um, be the lead back. We found that out last year when he was playing the games when Eddie Lacy wasn't. So, And I think any amount of, not any amount, but I think James Starks being rolled into uh, the game plan a little bit, keeping Eddie Lacy fresh, is good for Eddie Lacy. That's fine. No one's really the lead dog anymore. So anything to keep Eddie Lacy fresh, as long as he's getting the goal line carries, you're going to be fine with uh, early, early uh, third round starting tailback from Green Bay. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the last offense that we're going to talk about, and that is the New York Giants. Um I just want to point out that the, I'm going to go back to this head coaching. Uh, there was four head coaching changes. There was more than four head coaching changes, but there was four that specifically went from defense to offense this current year. So Tampa Bay is one of them. We talked about that. And the reason I bring that up is because that big stat difference of the greater than 45% run percentage. Okay, So you could potentially see a team that ran more than 45% of the time to less, which is going to incre- create a lot of passing opportunities for these teams potentially. Tampa Bay, uh, San Francisco, Chip Kelly, Cleveland, and then the Giants. And the Giants have been McAdoo, uh, should be the same same system that they currently have. I don't know, and they already passed a lot last year, so it's not like Tom Coughlin wasn't passing the ball just because he was a defensive minded head coach but I just like the offense because they put up points uh, they do pass the ball a lot so I, I'm interested in getting obviously Odell but um, the tough part is is where do you go after that I love Sterling Shepard um, you know but I just as a whole I like the Giants offense I like not having Tom Coughlin there and having more of an offensive minded aggressive coach there yeah, and I think the biggest thing with the Giants is consistency. I mean, we've seen flashes, like most notably last year when Eli Manning squared off against Drew Brees and they had that that shootout where, you know, those two players won, won leagues for everybody. Um, but I think consistency is the biggest thing. One thing with, with, with Tom Coughlin, whether it's the offense, defense, just the team in general, is they haven't been consistent. That's something that's plagued his entire career um with the giants so i I think if if mcadoo can instill some some sort of consistency where eli manning you know we've seen him do it you know four or five games throughout the course of the year where he looks like a a top three uh fantasy quarterback 
if he can start to do that, you know, week in and week out, because um, we know Odell Beckham is going to produce week in and week out. Um, but I, I really like Eli Manning this year. He's one of the, the quarterbacks you're going to get at a really good value. I know I'm, I love him and Romo and Cutler, the, the values that um, those quarterbacks are going to come at this year. But Eli Manning, I think he's going to be the biggest beneficiary. And again, to me, it, with if, you, if we're going to pick one word to talk about the problem with the Giants' offense, it's consistency. Am I am I wrong? No, I mean that's a, that's a great point. And I think I think that it, they bring in Sterling Shepard, um, who's a precise precise route runner. If no one doesn't know. If anyone doesn't know who Sterling Shepard is, early second-round pick, wide receiver, um, just a complete, precise route runner. He is going to be the underneath guy that's going to give ODB even more opportunities over the top and really help, you know, really open up the field a lot. So that way the the defenses don't have Ruben Randall, who's got tendonitis on both knees on one side of the field. I mean, I think defenses didn't even put a corner on this guy. They just left him out alone by himself because they know the guy can't run. So I I think Sterling Shepard is going to help. Any production from Victor Cruz would be nice, but not, not expected. And of course, at some point, Maybe Paul Perkins works in as some type of gadget player that helps spark the offense every now and then, too. Every little bit of helps, in this case, to keep them consistent, as you were mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. And it also helps, too, from a scheduling standpoint. They, they play, you know, with the, being in the NFC East, they play the Cowboys twice. They... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play the Redskins twice. They play the Eagles twice. It helps when you play three terrible defenses six times a year combined. I mean, that's, that's that always, it's, it's, it's helpful. Right. Um, um, so I, I love that. And, and yeah, I mean, Ruben Randall, the, the loss room Randall is, is it's just an addition. Yeah, yeah. Addition by subtraction. Um, do you think, you think if like you told, do you think Ruben, do you think Eli Manning is going to even notice that Ruben Randall is gone? I mean, Ruben Randall, remember when, um, was it Chris Collins or the John Gruden where they're talking about, um, his injuries and his knee and the tendonitis, and how he could barely get through a practice. I think it was Chris Collinsworth. Oh, and sounds terrible. I'm just like it was so eye opening. Um, I was it, like, that makes that makes so much sense. It just that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, and and I there's already been a, a beat reporter come out of Philly that's talked about Rube Randall on the outside as the number two. I think for Philly, like I'm all set. Like anyone who wants to draft him in anywhere in the draft, I'm cool with that. As in, I'm not going to be drafting him. Yeah. Speaking speaking of offenses that we weren't even close to mentioning today, let's not to get off on a tangent, but let's talk about the Eagles receivers between Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Ruben Randall. Is there anybody that's going to be getting open for Sam Bradford next year? No. 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 That's that's the final answer there. Okay. <laughs> Not much else to say. Okay, anything else, Seth, as we wrap up this uh, episode? 
Yeah, so I think one thing I don't know if I have I have it pulled up here anymore, but that I forgot to mention was the Green Bay Packers schedule this year. Um, it's actually kind of ridiculous, and it's you know scheduling is always one of those things where I take with a grain of salt to a certain extent because you don't know which defenses are going to emerge. You know, a defense that you think is going to be a bad defense might turn out to be pretty solid. Um, we've seen that in the past with like the Denver Broncos and other defenses, but I, I do take a quick glance at it and it factors in. I, I don't weigh it as heavily as other things, but let me read off some of these some of these games the Packers are playing. Right, they're they're starting. You know, they start off in Jacksonville in Minnesota, so that's you know that's somewhat difficult. But after that, Jacksonville is difficult. Well, they're a young up and coming defense. All right, I'm trying to give them the benefit. That's one of the more tough games they play all year to put it in perspective. So. In Minnesota, but let me read off this stretch of games. It's kind of ridiculous. At home against Detroit, bad defense. At home against the Giants, bad defense. At home against the Cowboys, bad defense. At home against the Bears, bad defense. They play four games in a row against terrible defenses. Then they go to play Atlanta, bad defense. At home against the Colts, bad defense. And then listen to this stretch. At home against Indiana, in Tennessee, in Washington, in Philly, are they playing any good defenses besides Minnesota next year? They're just <laughs> that might be one of the best looking playoff schedules I've heard. I mean, besides the fact they're on the road, but still, I mean, those are some pretty bad defenses. Tennessee, Washington, and Philly is the playoff schedule for the Packers. Fantasy well, playoffs that is. Well, week well week fifteen they play in Chicago, and oh. week week sixteen they play at home against Minnesota. Their playoff schedule in Week 17, depending on the league that you're in, they play in Detroit. Um, but none of those scare me. Minnesota at home, and we've talked about this before, Minnesota in Minnesota is way different than playing Minnesota at home if you're Green Bay. Okay. Green Bay is going to put up points at home against Minnesota. Yep, yep, okay. I get the right schedule now in front of me. Uh, I mean, I like looking at that kind of stuff, especially if you get some tiebreakers going on because – I mean, it, like you said, it is difficult to predict defenses for sure, but some of these defenses, Tennessee's not turning it around anytime soon, so you can forget no, that. Same thing with the NFC East defenses. These are perennial, terrible defenses. And, and same thing with, with Cleveland. I mean, like, did you, week, week, well, that's that's the preseason. See, I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling a Jeff Carey here right now. I'm looking at random schedules that don't mean anything. Um, <laughs> so they will put up a lot of points against Cleveland in the preseason, though. Not that it matters, but um, outside of Minnesota, which that, that one game against Minnesota, week two in Minnesota, I, I mean, the only other game you could point to and say, you know, they, they might struggle a little bit is at home against Seattle, but um, those are the only two. I mean, but they don't play another Here's defense. the funny part about those kind of games. Like, someone might look at that and say, ooh, you know, playing Seattle defense. Seattle's been in some shootouts recently, and even more so when their offense – um, is continues to get better, so that could turn out to be one of those shootout kind of games, especially in the second half. It could, yeah. Okay, well that's going to wrap up our episode. Thanks everyone for listening. We are the NFL Talking Heads. We're going to have two great guests next week. We're working on schedules right now, but we've got Matt Harmon and Christopher Harris lined up for the NFL Talking Heads. 
be sure to stay tuned for that. We've got another episode coming up, though a couple of them between those uh, this upcoming weekend. Catch us on Twitter at NFL Talking Heads, and also catch us on Instagram where we have our on-demand 60-second ADP video series. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. We'll catch you next time.